and then place in the tabernacle so that it may dissolve. Hold on. Hold on. I don't like where this is going. Hello, I'm Carol. And I'm Elise. And this is called... And Then It Got Weird. And this was supposed to be a podcast, I guess, about um, kind of supernatural stuff. But <laughs> now I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, what was it supposed to be about? I think as long topic? as we go with the with the weird theme, it's fine. Uh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have a segue, really. Kind of weird, I guess. I mean, I always thought it's kind of weird. You can decide what to think about this. This is not a debunking podcast, I think. I don't think... Oh, at least this is not my... This was not my intention. Uh, so I'm gonna... I'm bringing up a topic and Carol listens to me. This is how it works. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, because she's been forced to listen to my shit all her life. <laughs> no, I mean, because I'm the, old, so I'm the older sister and I've always talked to my little sister. And I think she kind of got used to listening to like me speaking and ranting right like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is kind of like an extension of that i realize (laughs) i don't think that's clicked until right now i guess so (laughs) i mean i don't i never had negative views on it right i'm always there with my popcorn you know (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) oh that's uh, so for the disclaimer like i said i'm not trying to debunk anything this was not what it was about um but you will you uh, i mean the listener um you can look up what I say, you know. I don't have uh, I don't have a dog in this fight, let's say. Okay, so to start off. Uh, I was like, oh, Lucky's on the freaking keyboard. <laughs> oh, beautiful. She's like, you hear the little feet. She's like, I was going to ask. The Shroud of Turin. Have you heard about it? That's the Jesus face one? The Jesus one, yep. So, okay, let me start off. I'm going to read off the little start for this from the website shroud.com um, they have all the stuff about the shroud <clears throat> the little summary of it it's it says the shroud of Turin is one of the most sacred religious icons on earth uh, venerated by millions of Christians as the actual burial garment of Jesus Christ it is believed to be the sacred burial cloth of Jesus Christ in which the body of Jesus Christ was wrapped after his death almost 2,000 years ago. Even after decades of numerous scientific studies, the researchers could neither endorse nor reject the linen's connection with Jesus Christ. Um, and that is a introduction to this. Um, I think with most, most of us have heard about it. I, I'm sure if you look it up on images, um, you're going to see the picture and you're going to be like, oh, okay, that's the one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to refresh your memory right now. Let me send you the thing. Let me know when it's a t- when there's a space for a question. Oh, okay. Let me just send you the picture first. Mm-hmm. And then, there we go. This is what it looks like, you know. Well, it's actually white, but it's like the... Na- you can see the the image more clearly on the negative. If you take mm-hmm. the negative image, and this is the negative image, just to be mm-hmm. more clear. 
So now you're seeing it, and can you describe what you see? Yeah, it's um, um, the negative version of the image. You can see it's a man lying down with his arms crossed above, uh, like his pelvic bone. Mm-hmm. So like not on his chest, but like lower. Mm-hmm. And he, okay. Well, there's and the front and the back of of the image, right? Yeah, I don't know why, but you can kind of see like the hair line. Right, right. Which I have questions about now that I think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So disclaimer: not I'm not an expert, but I have spent a lot of time, more than I thought it would take, to read about mm-hmm. this. <laughs> so you had some questions. I'm gonna try my best to answer. And if not, okay. I guess I'll just edit at the end and be like, "Hey guys, here it is." So just okay. yeah. All right. Question based off what you were reading before. Uh-huh. So what you said, experts can't deny or uh, like 100% say yes, that this is the actual cloth. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the whole basis of this, uh, I guess, the fascination with the shroud is that there's two, let's say there's two fields. There's two schools of thought. Um, there's two two sides uh, to the opinion of is this a hoax or not, and I've I've looked up you know sources. I'll write the sources down. For, you know, Shadow.com seems to be like an independent, but they have I guess vest. I'm just gonna say it right now. I think they have some type of vested interest in keeping um, the um, the shroud. Yeah, like the shroud looking like it can be divisive. Although if you oh, look okay. at it from... Yeah, I mean, but this is an issue of just from where you're looking at it. Because if you really settle on one side, I think it's difficult to see why still that's the other side persists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is what I have come to realize with what I've read. Now, I just as, as a little bit about myself in this, like... When I was a kid, I heard about this. When I was like a young teenager, mm-hmm. I heard about this too. And I was like, oh, wow. And I've heard some of the stuff that I'm going to repeat here about from the side of, um, uh, I guess, the Catholic opinion. Or like the people that say like they're not really believing, but they'll tell you what they've heard. Like what's the pop- popular cultural uh, information that's around there. Um, and And like a little part of me still kind of was like, oh, let's see if it's a hoax or not like a little part of me because i've still heard lots of things and there's a reason why we still kind of care i think about like what the shroud is i mean i'm saying we as in like it's still something that you hear about as being like oh we don't know kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. um i'm sure that you've heard about there having been scientific uh, experiments on the shroud by independent researchers and also by um, other, how do you say, like, you know, from from peer-reviewed scientific researchers Mm -hmm. that get their funding from, let's say, or like scientific, uh, official scientific organizations, or so so to speak. Um, Okay. Uh, To keep describing from, again, from shroud.com, I'm going to go back to that. Just to set up a framework around, 
think it's a popular belief about the shroud so far. Um, the shroud itself, it says measuring 4.3 meters, which is like 14 feet 3 inches long. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a long piece of cloth. Mm-hmm. And it's 1.1 meters wide, which is like 3 feet 7 inches. So the length is 14 feet and the width is three uh, three feet, so it's like really long. Mm-hmm. Um, now the fabric is a rectangular shape. It seems to portray two faint brownish images: a front and dorsal view of a naked man with his hands folded around his groin. The two the two viewpoints are parallel to the body's midplane and point in opposite directions. Now this is me. So like the the image that usually you will see on the internet, it will be like the two opposite ends of the shroud you know side by side but you know it's like the head is on one side and the other head is on the opposite on the other side you know it's long it's lying down um vertically um now back to the to the shroud.com mm-hmm. bit a beard mustache and shoulder length hair parted at in the center characterize a man portrayed on the shroud he is rather tall about five feet nine inches for a man of the first century, the time of Jesus' death, on the fabric are dark red stains of blood or a similar substance, apparently from the numerous wounds. If the shroud was actually draped over a body and the quote-quote image of the body was somehow transferred to the cloth, parentheses, by magical resurrection light or whatever, close parentheses, the image of the body on the cloth would look nothing like the body on the Shroud of Turin. While many people of faith believe it to be the burial cloth of Christ, its carbon-14 dating, done in 1988, assigns a medieval date. Yet, even that testing is now itself the subject of renewed and intensified academic debate. The global Shroud phenomenon took off in 1898 when amateur photographer Secondo Pia became the first person to photograph it. 1898 okay while developing the pictures pia realized that the photographic plate showed what appeared to be a perfect negative image of a bloodied and bruised man an image that could not be seen with the naked eye skeptics however say it's a clever medieval fake both sides claim they have evidence that backs them up and discount the research that points to the opposing view uh now on the topic of carbon-14 dating on the fabric. The carbon-14 dating on the fabric done in 1988 concluded that the fabric was made between 1260 and 1390 AD. The shroud was determined to be a medieval fabrication by the scientists. However, according to a 2000 study by Italian experts, the fragment of the cloth that was examined may have come from a section of the shroud that had been restored by an order of nuns after it was burned in a fire during the Middle Ages. Now, side note, this is true. There was a fire. The shroud was not just in one place. It went around because there was like, you know, there was like wars and, you know, that kind of stuff. It just made the shroud go around different areas. So Mm -hmm. it is true that there was a fire and it was probably uh, very likely restored, you know, parts of it. Now back to the uh, information from shroud.com. Using uh, infrared light and spectroscopy, they were able to date the shroud from 280 BC to 220 AD. 
side note again, it says that the first testing in 1988 showed it to be from 1260 to 1390. And now it's talking about the 2011 study by Italian experts saying that it's dated from 280 BC to 220 AD. So we're going back, you know, there's a big difference, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, in 2018, a pair of Italian researchers conducted tests on a simulated shroud using fake and real blood. They were intending to see if the bloodstains on the shroud matched those described in the Bible. The duo conducted, concluded that bloodstains on the shroud contradicted biblical accounts. However, serious concerns were raised about their research methodology. Next, where is the Shroud of Turing? The famed fabric is currently kept at the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in Turing, in Italy, which is, which is true. Um, where it is placed in an airtight, fireproof container that also screens out the natural light. The humidity and temperature are controlled, and the interior of the container is filled with 95% argon gas and 0.5% oxygen to preserve the item. A medieval marvel or fake, the Shroud of Turin continues to fascinate the world. End. Mm. Okay. Okay, so have you read all of that? Um, like, I, I'm just going to go again and say that the Shroud does show many marks caused by seems to be maybe human blood, fire, water, and the folding of the cloth, you know, so it's, it, it is stained. Mm -hmm. And different testing has been done. Uh, like I said, not just carbon-14, which is the one that I heard about a lot when I was, you know, younger, but there's also been DNA testing done on it, and I will have to go back, I have to go in deeper a little bit mm -hmm. on that because it's, it, it's actually more... It goes in depth, I think, a lot with with the reason why there's opinions, I think, and where they're coming from. And I don't think there is anything wrong with... So you have any questions so far? Um, so in 1988, they yeah. did the original testing for the time. They got like medieval times. And then they did the testing again in 2000... 2011 and 2018 where apparently it's showing to be like older and around like more um matching the time of like jesus supposedly right right we're getting closer to i guess what should be i guess 30 a.d according to what the bible says that he died um mm. you know around 33 years so old. this means that because also for the the, the dating that was done in the 80s where it shows that it was during the medieval times and then they're saying um, it was probably because it was restored because there had been a fire, etc. Does that mean during medieval times they already had this shroud and they were already thinking it was the shroud? The right. Shroud? Mm -hmm. Like We can't really trace too much, uh, let's say records-wise, anything before the medieval area, era. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Now, this is why also people that are on the side of this being a hoax say, like, oh, this was created during the medieval era. We don't have anything from before that is trustworthy that says that this existed. And the DNA, I mean, sorry, the, the carbon-14 dating shows a, a more recent age of the shroud. I'm sorry, in um, 12, 
from you know from says twelve sixty to thirteen ninety eighty, which is well mm-hmm. past you know the time that it, it, it were he was supposed to die. And of course we're gonna go. We can just delve into like first of all, was Jesus real? Like uh, uh, it seems. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go say that historically. He, he seems to have been a real person, although maybe um, not as important in his time mm-hmm. as we could think he was, aside from the uh, the, the aspect of, of faith, you know. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have died, you know, early, like in his early 30s. Um, that is not really disputed mm-hmm. now the shroud is like where he was after he was killed he was wrapped in it um buried and according to tradition he came back to life he resuscitated right mm-hmm. um three days later and that's um a point that people bring up to say like oh you know there must have been some iridescent light or something that created the the miracle of leaving his image imprinted on the on the shroud mm, I, was just, I was just about to ask because i was thinking like i don't think cloths normally hold like uh hold evidence of having come in contact with someone for that long mm-hmm. like long in time i mean right um also i think just when you when you show me the image, um, he just looks strangely conveniently close to what the modern day Jesus is believed to look like, mm-hmm. which I think has been something that's been um, not debunked, but like you know, people are being some people some I think there was some scientists who did like a. 3D imaging of like what a person that lives in that area would look like in that time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is nothing like the white version that we know of. Right, right. So yeah, the face on the shroud is just very like, like the image we know, like you know, kind of like a thinner face, um, the 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 mustache and like the long hair mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And as you can see like he has uh, as you said like the 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 long hair um which itself is a topic of discussion. It again going back to the Bible being if we're going to take it as a trustworthy record, which it is a historical um, let's say artifact you know the, the writings of the bible I mean, i'm this we're not i'm not, I'm not going to talk about if it's you believe in it or not the thing is that it's that um, Corinthians 11, um 11 how do you say 11 14 is that how you read it out loud oh my god you're asking the wrong person <laughs> um uh so it says nature itself teaches paul oh wait sorry um does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is shame unto him? Um, that's another way of reading from the King James Bible. So 
whichever a more recent translation or the King James one, they're pretty much the same thing. Um, so if we're going to believe, first of all, that Jesus did have long hair and that's that itself is a topic of debate. And as you said, the image that we can see on the shroud is more like the more Eurocentric appearing image of Jesus as we see like in the paintings and, you know, mm -hmm. which as you said, it's also being debated. Um, and yeah, I, I, the image on the shroud has long hair too. So it's like, mm, yeah. okay. That's yeah, one I don't point. Think, I don't think Paul would be throwing shade at Jesus like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that part is a bit <laughs> confusing. Um, and I wonder if the people, let's say that it's not, that the image, the long hair is something that people in medieval times created just because they think for cosmetic purposes or whatever. I wonder why they chose to do that if on the Bible itself it says that it's not cool. Mm. Right, that's another question. Now, looking as going back to what the image is, just aside from any type of experiment, um, you know, the cloth is supposed to be draped over a body and it would fall down around the sides and the top of the head. If you look at the image, it, it's like a picture kind of, let's say. Like you don't see the dimension, right? If, if mm -hmm. it's a shroud, it should have been around his head. And if it was that way um, and imprinted with it being around his head, this is an example of what it would look like, his face. Oh, one second. Um, I'm going to send you the... It's really freaky looking, huh? Oh, wait a second. Yeah, shouldn't it be flat? Because right now I'm just thinking of like, you know, if you buy a face mask. That shit is like round, right? <laughs> but when yeah. you put it on your face, like it fits. Yeah. But yeah, so when it's flat, it should be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah those face masks, the pack, face pack, right? Yeah. Um, they're not. Um, here is an, an image. Um, you put it in the right words when you mention about the face mask, the pack. <laughs> That's what it would look like. Yeah. If the image has been imprinted around. Now, to counter this. Um, it could be said that it was taking like a picture which would show face and hair to the sides. Not like you put a face and then you wrap a thing with paint on it and you look at it would be what we think of if we actually assume that it was wrapped around his head and that's how the image got imprinted. Now, the, the uh, counterpoint would be like, oh, you know, it's actually like a picture that was taken, but the picture would have to have been taken from the point of the front of the face. And the back of the head directly, mm -hmm. you know, not from all around. And that goes back to the whole thing of uh, the light, the iridescent light coming from within at the time of resurrection. But like I said, he only resurrected from the front of his face and the back of his head uh, from around. That's the, but I mean, like I said, this is going back to something that is not supposed to necessarily make sense. So you can say, oh, you know, it's open to any type of interpretation that you might want to have. Mm -hmm. so now another point is that the shroud does not even make sense from a biblical perspective we're gonna go back again to the the times and in, in the bible looking back at it because this is a framework so you have to look at it from point of view of a person from you know back then so the shroud doesn't make sense from that perspective because you know jewish practices at the time from that time period did not have the burial crew just drop a body in a tomb and drape a cloth over it they would be wrapped up like think of what we imagine like a mummy you know tied around mm -hmm. the body and especially um jewish uh 
tradition at the time was very uh, concerned with cleanliness um, and hygiene. You know, mm-hmm. it's very important to the proper lifestyle um, of a person of the Jewish faith. So the bureau cloth was tightly wrapped around the body. And this was both to keep um, the spices and herbs used in the burial rituals to um, close to the body just to reduce the smell, for example, and to try to prevent the people handling the body from touching any blood or liquid that might be oozing out of it after death. So there's a lot of reasons why you might want to, you know, wrap up the corpse really well, not just put a cloth over it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to reiterate again that the Jewish religion religion during this time period was very concerned about being clean and touching certain uh, things or liquids would also um, require someone to perform some expensive and really extensive purification ritual on top of the normal already scheduled purification rituals so it wouldn't make sense why it wouldn't be handled in the way of what we could imagine a mummy right Mm -hmm. and with that also we need to mention that Again, going back to the Bible itself, the Bible even says that Jesus was wrapped in strips of linen. Um, This is from the King James Bible, uh, from the book of John. Um, It says, Then they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. And also you can see different translations, not only the King James Bible, but the international newer ones. It says the same thing. Keywords, body of Jesus, uh, linen clothes, spices in the manner of the Jewish tradition. It contradicts itself that the shroud would be it. Right. And this again would be accepting that the Bible is the most appropriate historical record for the life and death and also resurrection, as the tradition says, of Jesus Christ. But this is Jesus that we're talking about. So it is inevitable to have to look back onto the Bible itself, right? Mm-hmm. Now, about the stains themselves, it's true that DNA testing was done on the shroud. Um, there's multiple tests that have been done, and uh, there's this. Uh, I'm gonna have to get a little bit sciency, a little bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is from a scientific report. You can find it, and I will link to it on nature.com, and. Uh, it's it really i mean you can look into it and it says very very extensively the 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 method that they used and everything so i try to pick out the important stuff that um to present as part of the argument um so it says that the dna extracted from the dust particles that were vacuumed from the Turin shroud shows sequence prof- profiles that identify numerous plant species so there's dna and it's not just human, but there's also, for example, like plant stuff, right? And now as mm-hmm. technology has advanced and the years have gone by, it's not just going to stay on like, oh, it's DNA. But it's like from where? And if you look at the, um, the studies in detail, it would say even the type of plant. And it's important because you can see from the what area it would have been. And a lot of it does match the generally talked about path that the shroud took historically. There is DNA, and it does not only confirm that the plant fibers and pollen grains are present on the shroud, as previously reported by optical microscopy, but also reveal that multiple human individuals touched or otherwise left traces of their DNA on the relic linen. 
The detection of such a variety of DNA sources is extremely valuable in asserting whether there are possible parallelisms between the areas of origin and distribution of identified land species, plant species, and human mitochondrial DNA haplogroups and the temporal and spatial paths associated with the two alternative scenarios that have been proposed to explain the Turin-Shroud's origin. So, let me just read a little bit. The radiocarbon measurements would place the origin of the linen in the time from 1260 to 1390, the same year that we have mentioned before. This not only implies a late Middle Age origin, but a geographical path for the shroud that is essentially restricted to Western Europe. Now, in this scenario, the DNA traces that we detected could have entered in contact with the shroud only rather recently, at most in the last 800 years, and these biological sources, plants and human subjects, had to be presented in the geographic areas, which are France and Italy, where the shroud was located and or displayed. Now, the alternative scenario implies instead a much longer journey that started in Jerusalem in the year 30 or 33 AD. In this case, the time frame for the interaction with the DNA biological sources is much longer, 2,000 years. In conclusion, sorry, I'm reading because I don't want to get this wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, in conclusion, our results on human mitochondrial DNA traces detected on the shroud are compatible with both alternative scenarios in that one the cloth had a medieval origin in western europe where people from different geographic regions and ethnic affiliations came in contact with it possibly moved by the worship for the christian relic and two the linen cloth had a middle eastern origin and this is you know this is another you you could interpret it this way if you wish the linen cloth had a middle eastern origin and was moved itself across Mediterranean area, consequently coming across a wide range of local folks and devotees in a longer time span. Even in this latter case, the detection of mitochondrial DNA haplogroups that are typically from India is somehow unexpected. Um, one obviously obvious possibility is that during the course of centuries, individuals of Indian ancestry came into contact with the shroud, Taking into account the rate of DNA degradation and PCR biases toward undamaged DNA, the recent contamination scenario is extremely likely. Mm-hmm. Now you can look at this and say, oh, okay, so there is DNA from people around the area, but we don't know exactly from what time it came into contact with the shroud. And if we think about how long the DNA would have to be there in the, in the condition that it was found, it's like, it's difficult for it to have been 2,000 years ago. Right. Counterpoint. This mm. is Jesus we're talking about. Why would his DNA... Why would... Well, did, did I just hear you sigh? No, no, no. Okay. I, I, I <laughs> why would his DNA work the way that ours does? Why would his blood work the way that ours does? This is, this is not me being snarky. This is the counterpoint. And like I said... This is within the framework that we're working in. Mm-hmm. Now, about the blood. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so the blood type found on the shroud. Now, um, there's different studies that have done this. Um, the blood type is blood type AB positive, which is extremely rare. And the thing is that it seems to be in higher percentage compared to other groups within the area where Jesus is supposed to have lived. Now, 
this is a point that is brought up. The blood on the shroud, which again, it's only fair to say that we don't know if this is the original blood that was there in the first place. Just mm-hmm. we know that there is this type of blood. Uh, if you link it to the fact that it is believed that the blood type of Jesus Christ was AB positive, then you can say, oh, the shroud and the blood type that we know that Jesus had match up. And it's a rare blood type. Do you have any questions? So... Uh-huh. How do we know what Jesus' blood type is? Right. Yeah, I had that question too. And... Mm, okay, it led me to this other thing. Well, it's not even unrelated, but it's it's part of the, the, um, the points that one side brings up. That it matches, and it's rare. So it's, it kind of goes like, oh, well, you know, it's likely. Now, the thing is that we, as you said, how, as you asked, how do we know the blood type of Jesus? You have to go back to at least 1999 um, to see where we got this from. Where we, I'm sorry, where that, where some people get it from. Um, so even going back further in the 1800s, there's this, it's a, it's a miracle. I um, <laughs> like, yeah, you needed that pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no! It is true. It's 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 something that Catholics should believe. Um, is the Eucharist miracle and the what Eucharist, which is the you know in Spanish we call it Eucharistia, which is the the moment where the bread and wine become flesh and, and blood of Jesus Christ, right? Oh, it's called the miracle of Lanciano, and this was uh, because. It was found that the um, the bread started actually did contain DNA, human DNA. Um, that is what the the belief starts to come from. Now, time has gone by; science has improved. That is what we're supposed to believe. Now, uh, going back to um, night, like I said, going. F- well, back from now and forward from the 1800s, where were the first, where we started to believe that actually, well, we, where it was started to believe that there is a miracle happening and that there is blood on the, on the host, on the, on the bread. Um, so in 1999, uh, experiment was conducted by four independent studies, okay, where the host was collected and placed into a bowl of water and then placed in the tabernacle so that it may dissolve. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I don't like where this is going. Wait, why? The host, like the bread thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the little thing, wafer thingy. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're trying to get to the point of how we know what blood type Jesus is. Yes. And now they're talking about the host. Yes. And this is important to the shroud as well. Okay, right. continue. <laughs> okay. So as I said, the host was collected and placed into a bowl of water and then placed in the tabernacle so that it may dissolve. Eight days later, it was noticed that a blood-like substance seemed to be emerging. I knew it. <laughs> now, this is, we were raised Catholic, our family's Catholic, we're Hispanic, a lot of Hispanic people, Latin American people, we're like, you know, almost by default raised as Catholic and standard setting, you know. <laughs> 
um okay so we're supposed to believe in this thing called the transfer no that's the wrong one transmutation i'm sorry transmutation let me just make double check that that's the right one transfiguration is another thing that's like when you said when we were saying transfiguration i was just imagining um harry potter oh and mcgonagall's class nah which is completely off topic from this <laughs> or so, is it i don't and know you. <laughs> um so we're supposed to believe that actually the bread becomes the actual flesh okay i grew up thinking and assuming that we're supposed to believe that it represents and it becomes holy for some reason sacred but no we're supposed uh-huh. to, it's a catholic belief and what separates catholics from other christians is that it is actual flesh okay so taking that into account it would make sense it should not be creepy if you're a catholic and believe in this principal tenet of Catholicism that a blood-like substance seemed to have been emerging from the host after being put in water. Now, the bowl containing the substance was in place in another tabernacle and locked elsewhere, where the transformation continued for another 11 days, at which stage the host was no longer visible. So it's a lot of days. All that was visible was a bloody-looking substance suspended in the water. It was in October 1999 that we took a sample for testing. We, this is coming from a researcher. Um, following permission given by the local archbishop, Jorge Bergoglio, who is now Pope Francis. He allowed it to happen. Um, he allowed it to happen. <laughs> he, he, you know, they need to ask permission to, to, to deal, to, to handle the specimen you could mm-hmm. say okay um i mean this goes further and further apparently it was said and this is again i have to mention again independent studies that it was found that the dna comes from cells human cells um particularly from the left ventricle of the heart it's supposed to be heart and I didn't know, but apparently Pope Francis, he says he saw it once become flesh, and that was a miracle that he saw. He saw it become a piece of heart. This is the current Pope Francis. He believes that he saw it become a piece of heart flesh. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, And this is like the Pope that's now. It's not like 100 years ago and it's hundreds of years ago. I mean, it's just some written thing. Like this is, you know, thing that happened now. So that's where we get the AB+. AB plus, the AB positive, that matches the shroud. To the other side, well, let me see how far I'm going because I'm really trying my best here. Oh God, we've got to measure. It's almost an hour. Okay, <laughs> let me just say one part. I think we're going to have to leave it in the second part, okay? Okay. Okay, so on the other side, so to speak. This is from our art- article. Article. <laughs> from an article published on life science in 2018. Now, this, um, there was another experiment done, a more recent one. And this actually was cited on the, I got this link from shroud.com because they do present all types of studies. Okay. Um, now, uh, there is this study, 2018, and like I said, from lifescience.com, you can find it there. It says that the scientists did find that the blood stains on the front of the chest did match those from a spear wound. However, the stains on the lower back, which supposedly came from the spear wound while the body was positioned on its back, were completely unrealistic, they said. Uh, 
quotations. If you look at the blessings as a whole, just as you would when working at a crime scene, you realize they contradict each other. Um, a scientist called Borini, the researcher, said. That points to the artificial origin of these stains. Now, again, about this, uh, this experiment, there's another article. Title starts, oh, sorry, this is from NBC, NBC News, sorry. Um, forensic research once again suggests the Shroud of Turin is fake. Um, and this is according to uh, the blood pattern analysis. Um, so it says, scientists use blood pattern analysis research techniques to study stains on the shroud, concluding they are inconsistent with a single position. So now the thing is like, okay, so the shroud is supposed to be wrapped around the corpse. And let me, I'll just read from it again. Um, so the new research is in line with numerous previous studies that have concluded that the shroud is not authentic. Earlier carbon dating work has determined that it dates from 1260 to 1390. Jesus is generally believed to have died in the year 33. And a blue ribbon panel called the Turing Commission concluded in 1979 that stains on the garment are likely pigments, not blood, while textile experts and art historians have suggested that the materials and images are not from the right era. Now, as early as 1390, about 35 years after the Shroud first emerged in France, like public and it got super famous in the... Um, Pierre d'Arcis, the Catholic bishop in Troyes, wrote to Pope Clement VII that the Shroud was a clever sleight of hand by by someone falsely declaring this was the actual shroud in which jesus was unfolded in the tomb to attract the multitude so that money might cunningly be wrung from them now this is a catholic archbishop writing this to um the pope at the time uh he himself apparently had his doubts right mm -hmm. now going back to the study in the most recent study forensic scientists use blood pattern analysis to investigate the arm and body position necessary to yield the pattern seen on the shroud. Using a living volunteer and a mannequin to model several positions, researchers determined that the patterns were consistent with multiple poses, which, as we know, if it was wrapped around the corpse, not like it got taken out and then put again, out and again, right? Mm -hmm. Why would the, you know, it's, it seems, it's not, you know. Um, it contradicts with the theory that Jesus was buried in the cloth lying down. Um, the author said in the Journal of Forensic Science that they looked particularly closely at the stains on the left arm to determine consistency between the stains of the hand and the forearm. Using synthetic and real human blood throughout several experimental poses, the researchers determined that the blood patterns would have to occur at different times and, should the shroud be authentic, a particular sequence of events or movements would have to be imagined to account for these patterns. I'm going to quote from Mr. Borini. The original idea of this test was to show the potential of forensic sciences applied outside the crime scene. This is my message to my students, to see the potential of a multidisciplinary approach. Borini, a Roman Catholic, said his findings, which he said had resulted in backlash from certain members of the religious community and, quote, personal attacks, are in line with the church's position. The Roman Catholic Church considers the shroud to be an icon, not a holy relic. Victor Whedon, chairman of forensic sciences as, at George Washington University, said in an interview that he was um, skeptical of this analysis, saying that there was no reason to believe that the body could not have been moved while being transported. But we're not dealing with things we really know about, Whedon said. We just don't know if this cloth was laid on someone who just lay there or was wrapped around the body or moved some before being put in a particular place. 
and this last this is the end of the article and this last statement it kind of goes back to the spreading doubt on like is it or is it not yeah <laughs> it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to that um and i'm just gonna leave it right now just to say that uh it is cited here in this article that um the roman catholic church considers the shroud to be an icon not a holy relic which we would have to go into next time about that what we see is the position that the catholic church has because to be honest i don't even i think i'm giving it away like i'm not really sure what is the position of the church mm-hmm. according to um the stuff that we're gonna have to go into next time which includes more um uh, research uh and exhibitions and we have to see how it's been being treated up to this point um mm-hmm. yeah so i have to so- leave it there for today I think my just my one last comment yeah. about what you most recently said uh, that um, I guess people who are arguing in favor of the, of the shroud say that you know it could have been um, that the body was in different positions mm-hmm. or that you know the body was moved and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that the belief was that this image of let's say Jesus was imprinted on the cloth because of some sort of light when he was like resuscitating or something. Yep. So then that doesn't really go with this other thing. Like, oh, like maybe he was moving around because like the image that's imprinted on the shroud is supposedly from when there was when there was like some sort of light or whatever. Right. Counterpoint. After the light went on, the light went on. I mean, according (laughs) to, you know, if we're going to say, first of all, we're not even... The Bible does not say that there was a light coming from there because nobody noticed that he had come back. So if there's mm-hmm. this, you know, super crazy light coming out from his corpse, nobody noticed. Well, it doesn't matter because he was covered by a stone, according to what the Bible says. So this is, you know. And he was in like a tomb, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you could say that there has been a light because how can you say yes or no if no one was there, right? Um, so when this light came on, which would be the re- and but we have to believe that there was some type of light or something if we're gonna say that this even happened, right? So if this light went when you know came out from his from his body, you could say that during the time that he was getting out from it, mm-hmm. it's not just like a flash, boom, but like it stayed on, and while he is this becomes this being of light, let's say he. How come there's no different positions for his face? Like why isn't or why aren't his eyes open? Right. Can you imagine? That'd be so creepy. <laughs> the image <laughs> was like with his eyes open. <laughs> oh, and you know, there's a lot to say about the image itself. There's there's a lot of things to take into account uh, as to why there's two sides. Um, in the first place, you know, more than just a, it's more than just the shroud itself. As I said, I kind of went into the topic kind of thinking like, oh, maybe it is. And I don't know what you think. What do you think so far? Uh, what do you think in the beginning? And what do you think so far? Because I think I've been a bit kind of balanced. I think so far I'm hoping yeah. to, you know, say both sides a little bit so far. Yeah. I think at the beginning I thought it was like a done deal that it was what people think it is. Which is? that that it, That it is the Shroud of of jesus mm-hmm. and like i just i don't think i ever like questioned it because i was just like oh okay cool uh-huh. which is the problem and, <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like oh wow like they actually found that like that's cool like just because it's like oh you know history okay 
but now I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm seeing the the shroud with more detail and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Wait, but you were thinking that it could be real because you think I'm not being so stupid. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I thought it was. I'm asking. I thought it was real because I believed in the powers that are. I'm not, this is for real. <laughs> it's like, wait, for real? <laughs> I thought, I, I thought no, because okay, because like that's what the church said, right? Like, so you oh, believe this is the, the church? So no, I'm sorry, like, I'm confused. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was before. This was okay. before. Oh, when I say before, and I mean then before like, I talked to you, not like before years ago. You're talking about before, meaning years ago, or like yeah, last month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, years ago, like when I was more. Well, no, I, I've never really been. You know, uh, religious. Let's say, um, but like you know, you you hear like you know, when I first found out about it, I was like, oh, and then you know, the church's proposal, like, yeah, this is the shroud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, cool, right. And then I never really thought of it again because I don't think about right religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Um, so then when you brought this up, I was like, oh yeah, I know about that. I remember like you know when when uh it was all the rage um (laughs) yeah but now like that i'm hearing the other side i'm like huh yeah that doesn't match up you know i went to um i did my first communion right and i had to do what's uh, called ccd Uh you know which is a preparation classes that you need to take i think it was a year when i had to do it and i remember the person that was teaching us mentioned the thing about the bread and the wine thing and it's like oh the dna was found there and to be honest i believed it. No, i mean i didn't believe it now but i believed it throughout some years when i was like 12 13 14 15 because mm-hmm. you know um and i was told that that it was proven that there was blood on it and there was dna and i was like oh wow that's that's f- crazy and just like yeah. oh you know like impressed of course as you said i was not questioning it I wasn't questioning anything because I was still, you know, a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the funny thing is that I was told that by an adult. <laughs> um, but I, it, they're doing their job. And that's part of the thing. Like, you can't just be like, oh, you're stupid. <laughs> because it's part of the, the deal here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you call yourself a Catholic? If you're going to say that it's dumb to think that something such as the Shroud of Turing can't be a reality or something such as the transformation of bread and wine to flesh and blood is not possible. can't. How, how do you reconciliate these things, you know? Right. I'm not quite sure how the Roman Catholic Church really deals with the Shroud. Um, as I will keep talking about it, um, I'm not really sure what the stance is. And maybe that is part of the, this is more, I think, than just the shroud and like, oh, is it? It's, it's really kind of goes deep at, at the issue of how do you reconcile certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to text mom right now and be like, hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I heard this, um, I was listening to recently, um, the special of Mulaney, um, John Mulaney, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's um, live at Radio City, where he is talking, and, you know, he's also race Catholic, Irish mm-hmm. Catholic, and he mentions, and I'm going to 
this is uh what's it called i don't have the words in front of me but he said like you know um about religion he he doesn't really like it when people talk about like hey you're dumb oh. for believing in what he's like that's my mommy don't call yeah. my mommy stupid <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i really get that i get that feeling uh-huh. you know yeah. yeah yeah oh wait instagram okay um so you know we would love to hear from you guys whether it's suggestions or your own stories or anything hate mail <laughs> hey do we want hate mail or i don't think we're important enough to even receive hate that's mail. why i would love it <laughs> feed off that negative energy yes <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, if you want to send anything, you can send it to our Instagram at itgotweird.podcast, our Reddit, and then it got weird, or our Gmail, itgotweird.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we read personal accounts of anything that you consider that you have uh, been in a situation dealing with the supernatural, the unexplained, or also. I think I'm up to hearing something with anything that is related to some type of brush with true crime or like a creepy situation that you might have been there, I think. And we will share it if you let us. Yes. We would love to share your stories. Um, and I guess if we're doing recommendation of the week. I'm listening and I'm waiting. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Before the winter's over, maybe hit up a, an ice rink, ice skating rink. Ooh. I think that'd be fun. I went to one uh, last week. Right. Yeah, last week. Um, yeah, you, I'm, I've only gone uh, maybe like four times, and I've always been pr- like, I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, but the key, I think, from what I learned this past time, is just to wear pretty thick socks and long ones. Oh. Because my issue from the other times has always been kind of like... Um, I have I didn't really feel like the skates really had like a good grip on me, so like that would make my legs kind of my my ankles kind of go inward a little bit. So it kind of makes you lose your your balance, right? You know, you're not as as um, I guess stable as you could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so this past time, I brought like those fuzzy socks. Oh right! And I put those on top of the socks I already had. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a size seven and a half. I mm-hmm. chose size seven. Sh- uh, skates because I, I don't think they usually come in half sizes so maybe like try the size down if you're a half size uh-huh. plus the fuzzy fuzzy socks and I think you'll probably have like a better like balance when you do it because I was skating like I was actually kind of skating oh really wow you know? yeah I, I didn't really like hold on to the wall like all the other times I've been like holding on to the wall like along with other little kids like you know embarrassing um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this time I was actually like able to skate like pretty much from the get go. So, yeah, that's cool. I haven't really tried skating. Well, my mom mm-hmm. thought that I could learn. Um, you know, our uncle he bought me a pair of skates, like roller skates. Yeah, like not not yeah not the roller inline skates because you know of course I don't need to get started on the you know side by side ones, the double side ones. <laughs> Come on, it's me we're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the inline skates and i was like i don't i don't know if i want to do this but it was a present so i tried it did not go well <laughs> it was scary are those the ones that i ended up using did you get sometimes? to yeah 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 right it was like the the black ones with like the green the like the green i thought it was black ones yeah 
there's there's like a picture of me using them and you have a like a helmet so yeah so i guess i was able to i think you kind of moved around a little bit yeah probably which is i think more than i did <laughs> yeah so hit up an ice rink it's still cold it yeah. makes sense i mean they're all like in most of them are indoors but there's some that are outdoors yeah i feel funny though if it's summer and you go to a nice rink that's just me though yeah because you have to you have to like bring like a nice warm jacket and it's like when it's sweltering hot outside it's just like a bother dragging it around with you right especially if it's super hot yeah and that change in temperature from like being outside in the summer and then you go in and it's like the skating house rink thing yeah 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 i made a funny sound right now (laughs) you sound like a frog um come back for the second part y'all see you guys in part two yeah i needed to and uh for the next one prepare to sigh a lot okay so this was just kind of like laying the the foundation this is laying the foundation okay okay smell you later Bye. herbs and spices <laughs> what <laughs> the shroud of the corpse oh <laughs> i like how people thought that you could fix things with that it's like those masks during the plague the long nose oh you know that you know those death yeah, masks like the bird ones yeah, yeah, yeah. with f- they would stuff it with the spices right and dry flowers and stuff oh isn't that more just because of the smell yeah not only that but like they thought that there was no such thing as germ theory right that would come out later mm-hmm. we weren't really sure where things come from where sicknesses come from you know mm-hmm. it's like oh i guess if it if I don't smell, it's not going to get to me. I see. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think I would have cut it by now anyway. <laughs> so it's okay. I think after that laugh is fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh.